0: no time we drip and dribble. Hi hey everybody, it's Dan uh, from The Weird, uh, just here to tell you that Riley unfortunately can't make it to this episode uh, because he is stuck in his machine that synthesizes his voice. Uh, you might not be aware of this, but Riley's not real.
1: I don't know what to do with that. That's one of those that's one of those improv moments where you're just in the spotlight going, oh, fuck, I don't know where to go with
0: that. I was going to pretend to be Riley's brother. Hi, I'm Riley's brother, Trevor. Um, yeah. Zach Galifianakis has a character that's his brother. Have you not seen that? He does weird shit.
1: I love him. I tried to watch on Netflix, speaking of stand-up comedians, I tried to watch that Leslie Jones stand-up special. I couldn't watch it. It was gross. Why? It was just really over-the-top vulgar, and it was just... It just,
0: I don't know. It's just not my thing. Not my thing. And some of those are, there's a lot of them. There's some really good ones out there. Oh yeah, there are. Some Some of the ones I've watched have been brilliant. Like Fortune Feemster, amazing.
1: But that okay. one just didn't do cool. it for me. Anyway,
0: hey Dan. Hello, Riley. How are you doing uh, this week? You're, you're, you're okay. You're out of your machine. Uh, you're not in the submarine. I'm not in the Iron Lung. The Iron Lung. Riley, right before we started recording, showed me this massive contraption behind him that apparently his voice resides in. And it it lights up as he's talking about. Yeah, that's uh it's called a compressor. It's uh
1: makes my voice stay. Well steady. why the hell do I not have a compressor?
0: Oh because you don't have a recording studio. Why not? Well because that's not the direction your life took. You had kids. You're right. I wish I had made different choices. Um today Riley Riley uh, I'm actually going back to a topic that I've covered before that you like to bring up a lot because you've claimed it's the most disturbing episode i've ever done was the, the werewolf, werewolf of bedberg, of bedberg. and uh, so i'm actually going back to that mythology that uh, story and this one's a very recent history we're not we don't even have to step into the wayback machine uh, we can take the uh, hop skip and a jump a uh, tram to uh watch our story play out so it, it, this story begins in um a quiet seaside area of England uh, known as Essex. I don't know if you're familiar with- oh, Good Essex. God, yeah. Haven't you ever- Essex is famous because they have- They're
1: like the trashy people of England. Yeah, well, I'm not going to go there. Because there's a
0: show, The Only Way is Essex or something, where there's these people- They have people. A very unique accent. Like, it almost sounds like Australian a little bit with some of the words that they pronounce
1: but they're notoriously like it's notoriously trashy there i think but it's a beautiful seaside place yeah i don't know maybe it's like i think it's i think it's the equivalent of jersey like the jersey shore yeah sure in england sure my friend could i'll, I'll find out more about that anyway it's a lot of frosted tips yes and fake big long nails <laughs> and too tight dresses and guys with you know baseball hats and the whole bullshit
0: this story does not involve those types of people good of god yeah uh it does involve a normally you know, very mild-mannered person uh, who found himself suddenly consumed by a ferocious, unidentifiable force that would go on to become an odd case that would meld aspects of hauntings, possession, and lycanthropy, and which remains a truly odd case that avoids easy classification. Oh. So this story uh, would go on to be called the South End. Werewolf. I don't know if you've ever heard of the South End Werewolf. No, Dan. I'm um, just saying, gonna say, that doesn't sound very Christmassy. Ooh. Well, there's a lots of blood, and blood's red. Ho ho ho! Ding a ding ding! Blood on the walls! Hip hip hooray! Elves are here to stay! We cut you open and eat you up! Hooray for Christmas, everybody! That's a good song. That could be in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, that could be in someone's nightmare for sure. So, the South South End Werewolf begins in the Essex Seaside town of South End on a warm, sunny Saturday afternoon in 1952. And I know what you're thinking, Riley. Yes, this is a very Christmassy tale right off the hop. Because when I think Christmas, I think a warm, sunny Saturday afternoon uh, on the coast. Right? Right. So on this day, nine-year-old William Ramsey was out in the garden of his family home playing by himself as he typically would. And most boys, you know, often do or kids do. He was a creative kid who would often spend hours in his own little world, lost in his imagination, pretending to be places he actually wasn't, being people he actually wasn't. And having just returned from a day out of the movies, watching World War II films, he was out acting like he, as if he was a fighter pilot, much to his mother's amusement as she watched through the kitchen window. But then something decidedly odd occurred. After about an hour of playing out in the backyard, young Bill Ramsey suddenly felt a strange wave of cold wash over him, like some icy winter chill, even though it was a warm, pleasant afternoon. After this initial chill, he started shaking uncontrollably, and he could detect an unpleasant odor permeating the air around him. I don't like where this is going. He would later recount about the feeling. Have you ever walked into a meatlock right after you've been outside on a hot day? That's what this was like. I was playing, my body temperature was normal, and then, well, I'd say it felt as if my body temperature dropped a good 20 degrees. Sweat froze on me and my whole body started shaking. It was as if I'd opened this door and stepped inside to another dimension or something. And there was this odor, very foul. A few years earlier, a sewer on our street had backed up. I'd never smelled anything as bad as the gases that escaped. And that's what this smell was like that day. I was afraid I was going to vomit. As young William stood there, bewildered and trying to make sense of all these this barrage of, of strange sensations and smells, they suddenly subsided. They just, they went away. Yet he felt that something within him had changed. Doesn't like, you know, we've
1: talked about this a million times, but like ghostly manifestations are always accompanied by a foul smell, especially of the demonic type. Oh,
0: you're becoming very wise, Riley. Cause I'm over, I'm I'm over 50. What else is there? (laughs) Just to study demons. Once you turn 50, really that's just demons and demons and puzzles and and sore joints. (laughs) So he was no longer interested in pursuing his, his imaginary games. Um, You know, think he felt like, and just like that sort of felt, this is childish and petty and beneath me, but he was also feeling extremely tense and coiled and on edge and he felt like his senses were really keenly attuned to his surroundings. He glanced around him, up and down uh, the street and up at the darkening sky, but everything seemed somewhat off to him, and images of wolves began to inexplicably dance through his head, as well as the irrational sudden urge to run off down the road on all fours towards the sea. Okay, that's the funniest, most specific urge
1: I've ever heard. Right.
0: And this is described by him, by,
1: like most by the people, Most people urges. us, oh, I feel like having something sweet. Oh, I feel like going for a swim. I feel like fucking my wife. No, I feel like running all, on all fours towards the ocean. Like, that's so specific.
0: All of this, you can actually, there is uh, film footage of him, video footage of him talking about this. Oh. Yeah. So this is not like, this is he, firsthand, this is what I remember. At some point, his concerned mother came over and called out to her son, trying to snap him out of his daze. She was looking through the window, could tell something was wrong. He just seemed sort of lost, and, and she was worried. It was at this point that Bill was suddenly overcome by a blinding, inexplicable, burning rage that coursed through his entire body like an electrical current, and a deep growl lurched forth from his mouth. Before he even knew what he was doing— He allegedly tore a nearby fence post completely out of the ground. Remember, he's nine years old. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. He rips this thing out of the ground along with its concrete mooring and wire fencing, displaying a vicious strength far beyond what such a young boy should have been capable of, and proceeded to swing it around like a baseball bat with one hand. So not even two-handed but just like brandishing this like a sword almost in in what was called like an adrenaline fueled rage so he's he's brandishing this fence post with a concrete uh, attached to the end and the fence can you imagine how heavy that is as a full-sized adult who's done heavy labor that's hard and a nine-year-old can't do that so th- The out-of-character outburst was enough to frighten his parents, obviously, into fleeing um, uh, into their home where they waited for their son to calm down and gain some semblance of sanity. As they watched, their normally mild-mannered son began to tear apart the wire fencing with his bare hands and even gnaw at it with his teeth like some sort of wild beast. Bill's father decided to try, after watching this and seeing the damage that Bill was doing to himself... He decided to try and go out and subdue and and protect his son, but was met with strength far beyond what he was expecting and was unable to pry the fence post from the boy's iron grip. With his own son snarling at him and lashing out at him like a beast, Bill's father fled back to the house, fearing for his life. His nine-year-old little boy. He's scared. And and Bill's dad is not a, he's like a, a blue-collar guy you know and the kid's only nine. He's nine after several minutes of this epic tantrum little bill ramsey began to calm down and finally dropped the fence post as he stood there panting like a dog blood dribbling from his hands and down his chin from the cuts he had sustained from grabbing and biting the sharp fencing wire after feeling the coldness and rage drain away from his body bill trudged over to the house and calmly asked to be led inside His parents obliged, but they did so cautiously, not sure if their son would revert to the animalistic fury he had displayed just moments before. That night, as they awkwardly ate dinner, they mentioned that whatever it was that occurred was not to be talked about again, and that they should try to just forget it ever happened. That's weird. It was at this time that Bill's mother would later claim that she had noticed that her son had subtly changed somehow. Although she could not quite put her finger on what it was, it's not weird. I get it makes sense to me. That that would be embarrassing. No, no. If you were a good parent, you'd go to your doctor and say he had kind of an episode. Now you'd do that. I don't know if you. I don't know if you'd do that in a blue collar town in the nineteen fifties. That's why America's better then. Oh my God, Riley. I don't know what that means. I don't even know what you said. I just don't like the tone you used. Did you know <laughs> that I don't understand seventy percent of what you say? Most people don't. It's your accent now that you live in the hills. In the hills, in the hills of Chelsea. Yeah. All right. Throughout the rest of Bill's childhood, he lived a peaceful life without further incidents. Incidents. It never happened again. Bill would go on to have what seemed to be a pretty normal life, getting married. He had three kids. He held down a good job. However, shortly after his marriage, he began to be plagued by vivid nightmares in which he would sometimes wake up panting or growling like an animal, much to the concern of his wife and kids. The bizarre dreams and episodes would eventually stop in 1967, after which the family seemed to be free of whatever issues were haunting Bill. They would have a happy life for years, and Bill started to think his life was getting back to normal. But then, in the 1980s, a series of bizarre incidents would prove to him that there was still something very much wrong with him indeed. In early 1983, Bill was out drinking with a group of friends when he claims he felt a sudden rush of icy cold and sweat, very similar to what he had experienced as a child. Feeling ill, he went to the restroom and said that when he looked into the mirror, he could see the frightening visage of a wolf staring back at him. And not like him with wolf features, but a wolf. He saw a wolf in the mirror. Unsettled by the whole incident, he asked to be taken home. And as he was riding in the car with his friends, he was reportedly overcome with an irresistible rage that took over his body and stole its control from him. He began to snarl wildly, turning to the friend next to him and began to attack him and bit him on the leg. Oh, my God. The driver of the car was able to pull over, after which they all struggled to restrain Bill and get him under control. A feat that took all of them, uh, since he seemed to be displaying a freakish amount of superhuman strength again. Bill would eventually come back to his senses, marking the end of a very strange and, uh, you know, uh, awkward evening out with his buddies. And he would later say he could remember nothing of the odd incident except for what his friends recounted for him. And that's the f- only the second episode he'd ever had in his life. Like that. Yeah, that's right. He had had these dreams um, and had done sort of the snarling stuff, but never this full-blown attack. This is the second time it's happened to him. Wow. Imagine being his friends. They'd be like, whoa, Jesus. Or his family. So later that year, things would only get stranger. During Christmas of 1983, Bill began to suffer from nearly incapacitating sharp chest pains, something which he had never experienced before. On top of that, his upper body broke out in an immense cold sweat, which he had experienced before. His immediate and obvious concern was that this was, of course, the onset of a of a heart attack and Bill found his way to the closest hospital and, and checked himself into emergency. Once there, he was urgently put on a stretcher and prepared for examination. He was exhibiting all the signs, you know, and so they didn't, uh, they didn't make him wait, but as he was waiting on the stretcher, he could feel the familiar odd chill from his boyhood ex- episode. And what happened when he was out with his buddies spread out and overcome him once again. Oh, at one point, As a nurse bent over to examine him, Bill purportedly let out a guttural roar and lashed out at her with teeth bared, biting into her arm, after which he threw around furniture and then scurried into a corner of the room to growl, roar, and pace like an animal. Police arrived and together with hospital staff, they were able to restrain the, again, immensely strong, these are quotes, rampaging man onto a gurney and sedate him with tranquilizers. All the while, as he ferociously snapped his teeth at them and roared like a wild beast. My favorite uh, part of that description was your, he scurried into the corner. I could just picture it. And that, that these are, and that's a quote. I'm not coming up with these. Scurrying into the corner. Right? And then just sort of being, yeah. Yeah. He'd be so freaky. Witnesses would later say that Bill had seemed completely, utterly animalistic at the time, with his hands curved into claws, Teeth bared, lashing out at those around him and snarling and growling unintelligibly. One of the policemen who had helped to restrain Bill would later claim the man's eyes had looked feral and wolf-like, almost like black coals. Oh, wow. They had changed. Yeah. That That's possible. Like medically, it is possible for your eye. I remember... I don't know what context I remember reading about that, but it is possible for that to happen. You should see my dog, actually, because my dog is
1: a hunter. And so, he he was bred for hunting. So, when we're playing with him and he gets really amped up and retrieving and finding stuff, like we have toys we play with him, his eyes turn pitch black because that has to be his super hyper-focused vision, right? Yeah. His vision is at its best. And so, the pupils are completely dilated. Right.
0: Well, and that's what it is, sorry. And that that's ex- exactly what it is, right? But it's fascinating to watch. Uh-huh. So, the sedated man, Bill, was brought to Runwell Mental Hospital. And when the drugs wore off, Bill claimed that he had no recollection again of what had happened and had no idea why he was even at this institution. Although doctors there suggested that Bill stay and undergo further evaluation and testing, he declined. And since he had voluntarily checked himself in at the hospital, he was allowed to leave. It was the attending psychiatrist's opinion, though, that he was likely to have another such episode in the future unless they figured out what was wrong with him. But at that time, Bill ignored him and went home, thoroughly exhausted from obviously from this whole ordeal and hoping that no further such mysterious attacks would emerge. Unfortunately, the doctor turned out to be right. Oh. In January of 1984, Bill went to visit his mother as he was driving home and he felt another episode coming on. Realizing the now familiar telltale signs of an impending episode, he rushed as fast as he could to the hospital and ended up in the same emergency room as he had been in before. Mm -hmm. However, by the time he arrived, the wolf-like ferocity had already utterly consumed him. When a lone nurse told him to wait a moment for a doctor, Bill allegedly lashed out at her and threw her roughly to the floor before pouncing upon a startled orderly, in a frenzy, Choking him and trying to bite him. Police arrived shortly after, and four officers warily circled Bill, who was by this time once again a savage and snarling beast. This fierce display was apparently so frightening that none of the officers wanted to approach him. And when one did, Bill's response was to set upon him as a predator might do a prey, like pouncing on him. And apparently, he injured the officer so badly that 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 man had to stay in hospital for several days with extensive injuries and had a long recovery afterwards. And I want to inject at this point, Bill is 5'7 and 150 pounds at this point in his life. Mm. He's tiny. Little guy. Yeah. He's a little guy. You know, 5'7 is an average height, but 150, that's a smaller man. That's a small man. And he is ragdolling police officers when he's in this state. Oh, Dan, what I wouldn't give to be 150. I thought you were going to say, oh, would, you wouldn't give to be ragdolled. What's that mean? Like just, like, whipped around. I've never heard that expression. It sounds coarse, ragdolled. It's a, a great Aerosmith song. Ragdoll, dee ba dee ba ragdoll, shabba dabba dee ragdoll all night. Is that really an Aerosmith song? Yeah, from the 1980s, I think. Jesus Christ. All right. So the police would later claim that it took all four of them. <laughs> <laughs> they had some horrible songs. They did like love in the elevator. And those one that was the one with the chick from clueless. Oh God. That. Oh yeah. That whole album Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. Silver. Yeah. yeah. She went, she really had an amazing career. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. know what happened yeah. to her. All right. So uh, the police would later claim that it took all four of them and all of their strength to get bill into handcuffs and, And that he had been much stronger than his appearance would suggest, uh, you know, this tiny, wiry little guy. To the point that they wondered if the handcuffs would even hold. Like, that's how much strength he was displaying. They were worried that these steel handcuffs wouldn't, wouldn't be strong enough. He was wound up. After he'd been put into the handcuffs and thrown into the back of a patrol car, Bill reportedly came back to his senses. And as before, could not recall anything that had happened from the time that he had been approaching the hospital. After being interrogated and rationally attempting to tell his bizarre story to the no-doubt skeptical authorities, it was recommended that he check himself into a mental hospital. Bill refused and was later released. Unfortunately, it would come to be clear that checking into a mental hospital might not have been such a bad idea at all. I was thinking that just now. I'm thinking like, Bill, you know, you could be a danger to yourself and others. Part of the problem, I think, is that he's not remembering what's happening. Yeah, but I'm sure plenty of people were there to tell him. Well, right. On the evening of July 22nd, 1987, Bill stopped by a bar called the White Horse Inn to have a drink after work. There, he met some friends and they ended up having a good time talking. And I think that's what people do in pubs. I forget. It's been a couple of years since I've been out with people in public. But as soon as the thing is over, I'm going to take you out to a pub and we'll get spicy fries and have a nice talk. Oh, there we go. And uh, what you won't be doing, which Bill did, is he drank and he drank a lot uh, that night. And when he was ready to leave, he was drunk and worried that he was too drunk this is such a different era, worried that he was too drunk to drive and that a police a man might pull him over. He nevertheless got into his car to drive home, uh, deciding to take a quiet path where he hoped he could avoid other people and the cops. At some point, he came across a lone sex worker walking alone along the street and got the bizarre plan into his head to make a citizen's arrest. And that's, I, that's his words. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. He pulled the van over and invited the woman in, who obliged, as she thought she was dealing with a customer. However, as they drove, she began to get a very strange and ominous feeling from Bill as if he meant to do her harm. She soon asked to be let out, and that was when Bill started to let out a rumbling growl under his breath. When the car slowed down enough, the woman then allegedly made a panic run for the nearest police station and Bill stepped out of the car to follow her. I do need to add that he actually was driving her towards the police station. There's a number of different accounts of this, but in a few of them, it's, it sounds like this is, this is right outside the police station when she ran out. Okay, So it's not like she was on a deserted road. So it might actually be true. <laughs> what a stupid thing to do. Leave the sex workers alone. Well, in and, and one, one of the accounts I, I read... Uh, says that he was trying to help her, like he felt worried about her, and and was bringing her to a place of safety. But yeah, because bringing them, bringing her in, bringing her to this, the police is gonna make her is gonna help her. Like no, it's not gonna help her. It's weird, right? So uh, she races into the police station because she's afraid of him, and so a police officer emerged uh, as Bill approached because he was pursuing her. And when he drew closer, uh, the beastly force overcame him, and he threw the policeman to the ground and then pounced on top of him and began to choke him with his claw-like hands. Oh, no. Allegedly, the officer who was twice the size of Bill was completely overwhelmed by uh, Mr. Ramsey. More officers came running out of the station trying to aid their friend, yet Ramsey proved to be a force to reckon with easily tossing the men aside as he roared like an animal and then allegedly spat out, the devil is in me!
1: I am going
0: to kill you! Oh my
1: God. Why do you keep saying allegedly? It's police. Wouldn't this be in the police report?
0: I didn't read the police report. I'm writing, I'm saying allegedly because I don't know that it actually happened. Okay, okay. I'm just being, because there's people who are going to say, well, did that actually happen? Are they making this bigger than it actually is. I have not seen the actual police report. I think you're I think you just don't want to get sued. Yes, I'm worried about it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It would purportedly do you like that better than allegedly? Yes. It would purportedly take six strong police officers and several injections of tranquilizer to bring the wild rampage to a stop. Again, Bill would later claim that he had no recollection of what actually transpired. So what he knows of the story is what's been told to him after the fact. The woman, uh only known as Lauren. With later doubt that Ramsey had ever had any intention of arresting her or helping her, instead preferring to believe that he had picked her up with the expressed interest in attacking her. Ugh. Some people counter with the fact, well, then why did he drive you to the police station, but who who knows? In the aftermath of this vicious assault, Bill finally checked himself into a mental hospital for evaluation, fearing for his own yeah, fearing for his own safety and the safety of those around him. A slew of tests were run on him, including x-rays, MRIs, and various psychiatric tests, yet no discernible cause for the outburst could be found. And as Bill says in one of the interviews, they can tell you everything that isn't wrong with you, but they can't tell you what is wrong. Yes. Right? There, I mean, according to these tests, there seemed to be nothing wrong with him physically nor even mentally. Like to talk to him, he seemed perfectly fine. So he was kept for observation for 10 days, during which time he remained his normal, rational, and mild-mannered self, leaving the hospital no choice but to release him. And if you watch him in these interviews, he seems like a really sweet guy. Obviously, that can be, you know, that could be an act, but he doesn't seem like someone that would be violent. Well, and don't be violent at the police station on the police. It's not going to end well. No, it's weird. Yeah. So that police station attack propelled Bill Ramsey's case into international headlines. And soon everyone was talking about what was coming to be known as the South End werewolf. In the meantime, Ramsey had several more violent animalistic episodes, which on several occasions prompted him to go to police and plead to be locked up to prevent him from harming anyone. Bill Ramsey's plight would eventually capture the attention of famed demonologists. And supernatural investigators. Ghost Hunters? No. Americans. Ghost Hunters. Um, I'm trying to think of who else
1: would oh oh, oh oh yeah yeah. Um my favorite movies. What are they called? I can never remember their names. Ten seconds, Ryan. I
0: can't remember their names. Do, do, I don't remember the names, I'm sorry. Do, 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 do. Five seconds. I'm old and stupid. Do, 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 do. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Warren. They had seen a story while uh, uh, on the TV about it, and then they went to London uh, because they thought this was really strange and weird. And I, I think this is around the time that a, an American werewolf in London had come out oh. as well. And they were talking about then and then they saw this story, and anyway. Well, remember in Paranormal Activity 2, the
1: Warrens are in England investigating a manifestation. I've never seen Paranormal Activity 2. Not paranormal. Why am I saying paranormal activity, too? I'm so stupid. The Conjuring. The Conjuring 2.
0: I haven't seen seen Conjuring 2. Oh, it's good. Um, Okay, good. It's good. They're all good. So after contacting local law enforcement officials, the Warrens were able to get in touch with the Ramseys and arrange to meet with them. While the Warrens at first were suspicious that the whole thing had been a hoax... After several talks with the police and Bill's family, it soon became apparent that the strange events that had transpired were very real, although no one had any idea what had caused them. Ah. The Warrens became convinced, after several talks with Bill and his wife, Nina, that he was, in fact, possessed by a form of demon animal spirit. After much cajoling, Bill was convinced by the Warrens that he should come to their church in Connecticut in order to undergo an exorcism with Bishop Robert McKenna, who had many exorcisms under his belt. And then again, in an interview with Bill, he he's pretty He goes, He thinks the whole thing is bullshit, right? Like oh, really? he, didn't really, he, he didn't want to go. Yeah. He, he thought they were kind of crazy and um, sensational. You know, even the, the whole uh, religious side of it, he thought was dumb, but he also felt like he had no other options at this point. So they made, he and his wife made the trip to the States, hoping that this would finally put an end to this nightmarish, torment-filled existence that he had had up to this point. Yeah, what an ordeal. I'd want to be on the other side of it as well. So, right, you know, you're at that point. It's like when you have like a disease, there's no cure, and you're trying everything in the end to try and, I think he was sort of at that point. So in the days before the exorcism, there was a bizarre incident in which Bill attempted to choke his wife in her sleep, which he would not remember again in the morning. Uh, When the time for the exorcism actually arrived, present were Bishop McKenna, the Warrens, Bill, his wife, paranormal investigator John Zaffis, staff from your favorite People magazine, uh, who had, by the way, funded the trip. I got to say, in defense of People magazine, it's the only crossword puzzle I could ever do the whole thing really really i'm not good at those i'm just the people magazine though no, makes me feel smart so uh, and 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 then as well several off-duty policemen who were to serve as bodyguards if things should spiral out of control you said duty oh, boy do i have do i have it all over my face duty duty <laughs> oh, god it's oh, duty dan oh, oh, boy boy do i feel silly Oh, geez, I really can't believe I said that word. Oh, 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 oh Lord, oh, well. <laughs> What would you do if I just had like a complete mental breakdown? I was just point and giggle, and, and you would and, and you would just uploaded the episode. I would, I'd be just like, Here you go, folks. You <laughs> want to talk about weird? Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I made fun of the word duty, and he just lost it, he spiraled out of control. Uh, uh-huh. so. When the exorcism began, Bill was reportedly skeptical and unimpressed. (laughs) Love that. And as the bishop chanted in Latin, he felt nothing whatsoever. He began to think the whole trip had been a waste of time and later claimed that he had felt it was all sort of just mumbo jumbo. And you could see him again talking about this in, in an, in an interview that he gave. Yeah, as McKenna began to press his stole against Bill's head and demand the demon identify itself, things took a sudden turn for the weird. The stole being that, oh yeah, I know, that yeah, yeah. Wear, yeah. Right? it's that big long thing. Yeah, and I guess it would have religious, like maybe a cross on it, right? Like a the symbol of the cross. Well, actually, um,
1: the um, the stoles are. They are changed for different religious holidays and different times of the year. So they all, they're all symbolic and they all signify something. At least that's the Catholics. That's all. Maybe
0: there's a, a a exorcism stole. You know what? There might be, there actually might be,
1: might be like, it might be a general stole you for you you wear for like prayer for the dying or whatever. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Extracurricular stole. As soon as he put the stole to Bill's head, everything changed in the room. Oh, I like where this is going. And according to the witnesses in the room, the air changed. It got cold and there was like an electricity that they all felt. Uh, Bill's demeanor abruptly changed. He began to snarl viciously and his face contorted into a beastly visage. Teeth. Barred and eyes wild. There's actually pictures of the exorcism that you can go and look at online. His hands also curled up into talons and he began to thrash about in a rage. Lorraine Warren would later claim that even his physical characteristics changed with his ears appearing more pointed, his face more feral and his hands more claw-like. When I look at the pictures, it just looks like a man in a lot of pain. That's what I see. I wow. don't see a wolf. Okay. Okay. But it, maybe there was other images that um, that we don't get to see. Bishop McKenna also said that Bill's appearance had changed and that at that moment, Bill lunged towards him, trying to maul him. McKenna stumbled back away from him and at that same moment produced his crucifix and and treated it like a shield. And he held it high and commanding Aladdin Latin demanded that the demon leave at once. Mm-hmm. This seemed to only infuriate the demon and Bill lunged and swiped at the bishop who ordered the nearby policeman though to stand down while things played out. So just as the frenzied out of control Ramsey seemed to be to close in for the kill and was about to seriously hurt the bishop, something odd happened. The man who had moments before been a whirlwind of snarling and spitting aggression suddenly fell to the floor in a heap with one last roar rattling through him before he fell still bill would later say of what happened the poison that had been my body drained from me completely i I was left without any strength at all and when i turned to look at nina that small movement caused me to black out i gripped the chair as tightly as i could and let the demon continue to be pushed away by bishop mckenna's latin words
1: I got to say, your British accent, you're a little on the Keanu Reeves territory there.
0: Yeah. You know? (laughs) Do you ever see him in Dracula? Let let me do it again. I'm trying to do, you know what my problem is with this one? Essex are a bit like, I like it then. I like it. Yeah, I'm
1: trying to do Essex. Essex is a bit like this, right? I've seen it it all. That is
0: how it is. How the hell do you know Essex? Essex is a bit like, it's a bit chav it be my body drained from me completely. or oh, I was left without any strength at all. God, no,
1: no, no, no. Oh, Mary Poppins. I was left without any strength at all.
0: It would be all... Cheap, cheap, cheerio, Mary Poppins. Maybe we can get somebody from Essex to send us a... a I'm just going to read that as a French-Canadian. The poison that had been in my body drained from me completely. eh? I was left without any strength at all. And when I turned to look at Nina, that small movement caused me to black out. I gripped the chair as tightly as I could and let the demon continue to push or be pushed away by the bishop, eh? He Latin, there he say the word that I don't understand. Okay, so how much patience do you think our listeners have? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> well, I think that this was almost like what it'd be like to go through an exorcism. It's painful, <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> All right, so the entire exorcism was allegedly Riley... Caught on film, but I can't find it anywhere. Well, the Warrens also, the Warrens recorded everything on cassette. So I guess they never released it, right? They just released stills of of it. Because you can see the Warrens there. Like, you know, it's that event. Bill Ramsey, for his part, would go on to claim that he never experienced any more such incidents and was able to return to a normal, peaceful life. Uh, Ed and Lorraine would go on to write a whole book on the case entitled Werewolf, A True Story of Demonic Possession. In an interview they gave in the 1990s, they claimed that Bill uh, had sort of, you know, disappeared and was living a normal, peaceful life and had found the happiness that he so much deserved. So they were convinced that it was the genuine article. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And a demonic possession. So as to what had actually been wrong with him, that depends on on who you ask. According to the Warrens, Bill Ramsey was possessed by some sort of animal demon type entity. Another possibility is that he suffered. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is where I, my thinking lies is that he suffered from a mental condition known as clinical lycanthropy in which the victim truly believes they are shape-shifting into an animal and that animal can be anything. It's not just wolves, it could be a bear, it could be a frog, a rabbit, a bird, bees even, apparently. So he could have also been exhibiting any number of psychotic disorders or mental issues. Uh, Some psychotic outbursts can produce exactly the kind of behavior seen in the Ramsey case and could also possibly account for the displays of seemingly superhuman strength during his rages. I need to see video footage of someone convinced that they have just
1: turned into a bee. <laughs> right. No, I do. I need. I. I can't complete my life on this planet without video footage of someone who thinks they're a, a bumblebee.
0: In my other life, in my other profession, I have seen someone in a psychotic rampage, and a psychotic break, and they were animalistic. They were panting like a horse, snarling and. Uh, I almost killed someone who was very much bigger than them. So that's interesting. And I think very, pl- very plausible. The problem with that is why didn't it continue to happen? It should have continued to happen. If this was an actual mental disorder, the exorcism should not have worked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I, I read some stuff about exorcisms and
1: they say that half of the exorcism is like, well, he didn't believe in it, though. He d- he was very mm-hmm. skeptical. So that doesn't really. I well, was okay. not a religious man. What I was about to say then doesn't make any
0: sense. So, yeah, just fuck me. Okay. Keep going. To a point where he, because he, remember, when the exorcism started, he hadn't turned, right? And he's sitting through all this going, this is stupid. This is a waste of my time. And it wasn't until that stole was brought to him that he, everything just, he snapped and went into his, into his rage. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. So what happened to Bill Ramsey? Was this a man haunted by deep psychological issues teetering on the brink of madness? Can all of this be explained through rational symptoms of the human psyche? Or was there something more going on here? Could this have been an actual demonic possession by some form of animal spirit invading his body? and our realm. All we know for sure is that those who witness the events claim it is all true and the victims of Bill's attacks, including the police, remain rather baffled about the whole thing. And considering the bill has had no further episodes, and since nineteen ninety two, has basically dropped off the map. Like I tried to find out if he's alive still. Like it's, it's yeah. possible he'd be in his what? Uh, he'd be in his seventies, late seventies, almost eighties, I guess at this point. But there's nothing. I c- I could not find anything about him, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, that speaks well of him because it means that this wasn't an attempt to right. Yes, make exactly. Money. Right. That's right. That's right. So the strange case of Bill Ramsey remains one of the more bizarre. And perplexing cases, of possession there is, managing to somehow marry the seemingly disparate phenomena of werewolves and demons together into one very weird, with a why, concoction of the strange indeed. And the Warrens have even gone on to say that this is one of the strangest cases they've ever come across. And that's seeing something coming from From them. them. Yeah, cool.
1: Well, that is a worthy addition to our cabinet of curiosity. I've been
0: hanging on to this one for like... Three months. Have you? Yeah.
1: You know, I've been hanging on to resentment for ten years, and you wear it so well. I do, like a stole, like a big purple stole, a nice pair of uh, leather pants. Oh, I used to have leather pants, but man, you did not want to wear that shit out dancing because it would it would sweat. Oh, be brutal, yeah. They were hard to
0: get it'd on. Be stinky. Too. Well, they weren't stinky. I didn't have swamp After crotch. you dancing. Yeah. Do you remember there was a show that you and I did to, uh, where I had to wear leather pa- pleather pants? I do not remember. And they stunk. (laughs) By the end of the run. Not like after every night, but like by the end of the run, those pants did not smell good. Well, Dan, that speaks to your hygiene. I'm very hygienic. Hmm. It's the sweating that was happening in those pants. Well, I don't know. And you couldn't wash them. A little talcum powder would have just
1: taken care of that. Well, I didn't know about that stuff. Nobody wants swamp crotch, Dan. Nobody. Uh, You're telling me. Nobody. live with it. I'm goofy tonight. I'm
0: unfocused yeah. and weird. Nobody. Well, it's ever since you got out of your machine. Out of my iron lung. Out of your iron lung? Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I, got, I beat TB. Well, and the crazy thing is, I'm not sure you even had TB. I just wanted to spend a couple of years in an iron lung, and it was a good time. You, How many rooms did that thing have?
1: It know, like a living room. An uh, iron lung is a, a flat thing you lay on. Have you never seen one? Of course. Okay, I thought you were. Okay, I thought you were just stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I was picturing it more like a TARDIS. Oh. So it appears small on the outside, oh, but when oh, you go in, it's spacious and you can relax in there. Iron lungs were like
1: the worst thing. I can't imagine back in the day being confined to an iron lung. I would have lost my fucking mind because your head is the only thing exposed. They still use them yeah but very rarely yeah very very rarely that ugh. oh dan i like that story it was um it was not as violent as the werewolf of Bedburg. not at all he wasn't tortured to death yeah so yeah if, if you would ask me to say hey riley what uh what do you think is the story hold on hold on
0: hey riley what do you think what do you think this is the story what do you think happened
1: i would say that it's um uh, he had some kind of mental illness that manifested like some kind of seizure disorder that, you know, I don't know. The mind is a complicated thing, but that's what I would think. But I love the idea that the exorcism got rid of it. So maybe it really was a
0: demonic presence. Mm-hmm. When you know the Warrens better than I do, how, how much are they to be believed? Well, and when Margot was on, she mentioned them
1: as well. I think we should have a Margot guest episode. Ooh, that would be good. She knows a lot about them. They are very controversial. And she mentioned that in her uh, in her discussion right. about the fire spook. Uh, they are a very controversial pair. A lot of people said that they were just doing it for the publicity, that it was part of an act. It was all just their, their shtick. But, oh my God, they're fascinating. They are fascinating people. Right. And the fact that they kept all of these cursed objects under lock and key in their house can you imagine no oh my god you know they say the vatican has shit like that too eh oh
0: i bet it does That they
1: have all of these cursed weird things that they don't think human they apparently one of the things that the vatican has that they won't let anyone see are the final letters of joan of arc oh because apparently they have all these prophecies in them fucking vatican jesus wow i know i want
0: to become a priest just to get in there can you imagine if you had the skeleton key For that place, all the skeletons you could find. Well, they kind of touch on it in
1: the uh, Da Vinci Code. Right. You see them in the Vatican archives and how protected it is. But apparently there's like a part of the archives that nobody gets into.
0: We almost wonder if like the Ark of the Covenant is there. And weird, spooky, witchy shit from all over the planet, right? Because they would
1: want to keep it protected. Like, Like, you know, haunted, cursed demon objects. You know what's perfect is that you are just finishing your iced tea. I just saw you take that last
0: gulp as the episode is wrapping up. That's right. We are wrapping it up with a final slurp of cold iced tea. Folks, thank you so much for listening to yet again, another episode of The Weird. We appreciate all your support and the friendly comments and messages you send us. Please keep them coming our way. Uh, We don't mention this after every uh, episode because we're forgetful (laughs) and clumsy, Uh, but uh, we do have uh, a Facebook account and uh, where any messaging uh, about the show comes out. We also have our Instagram account where you can see pictures uh, that relate to our show. So you can always go and check them out there and like and comment if you wish to reach out to us that is the best way to do so riley is there anything you'd like to add before we oh my god Do you know what my favorite
1: thing is? I got to say this is when we we pay for advertising on Facebook and when somebody gets an ad from us on Facebook and then they just post and tear into us. I love that. Yeah. It makes me laugh because you're always
0: really nice. You're like, thanks for the feedback.
1: (laughs) And they're like, get out of my fucking feed. You fucking.
0: Well, again, what I want to tell those people is that if you don't comment, you won't get our ads. Like it's targeted because you interact with ads. And they get so mad. And you're always so nice. You're always like, you know, you're always like the customer
1: service guy. You're like, thanks very much for sharing your feedback. Allow us to assure you <laughs> that it will be given every consideration. Like, it's so funny. It's so funny. How- I think there's a few times where I've been a bit sassy with people, but. Um, yeah. It just makes me laugh. And just they just get so irate. <laughs> yeah. That's the
0: world we live in, Dan. There it is. People get pissed off. Yeah. All right, folks, if you want to spread the word of the weird, you know what to do. Grab a typewriter, type uh, the weird onto that over and over. If you want to rent a uh, secluded hotel somewhere in the Rockies and write the weird, the weird, the weird, the weird over and over and over, uh, over the course of this winter, that would be greatly appreciated. You just outlined the plot for The Shining. What? What? That's sort of the plot for the shining. Oh,
1: you knew that did you did you not know that, Dan?
0: No, I didn't know.
1: That. no, did you honestly? Because that's like I, the guy in the hotel I, writing the same word over and over
0: what? yes of course i knew of course i knew god yeah i how much more specific could i get the rockies a secluded hotel i can't stand you right now i hate you right now of course i was talking about the shining oh my god i love you that's so funny (laughs) oh my god dan that's the plot of the shining you're such an asshole Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my f
0: <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, let's just get out of here because I've had enough of you.
0: Good night, everybody. Bye. All
1: night.